Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast, Black Friday edition. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at broadwaysportsmedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. You can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. Kind of a weird setup here. We'll explain that in a second. I'm joined, as always, by producer JT, who you can follow on social media at JT underscore Runky. Neither of us with our traditional... Uh-oh. There you Hello? are. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes. So, as, as he was saying, I was waiting for you to come back. But yes, we are uh, we are flying uh, by the seat of our pants by or whatever. The seat of our pants. What, whatever it is. I, I don't I don't know what the saying is. You're the saying guy. But yes, as you can see, um, Thanksgiving with the holidays, we are kind of in a different setup today. For me, Neither of a, us with our situation I have, I have figured a, out. I have a virtual background right now because if I were to take this off, you would see the most frat-looking ba- bedroom that I am currently being lodged in by my brother. Um, so I, I, I thought the lovely people would rather look at this than, than that uh, the, the de- disheveled and decrepit bath uh, bedroom behind me. So that's good. Um, and then Easton, you uh, flying off an iPad by using an iPad today. Which well, is I'm trying. Can you can you hear me now? Can you see me now? Are yes, I can. Yes. Okay. I, I'm sorry about that, guys. Listen, we're going to be transparent with you here. Um, it's a it's a holiday week. We, as JT said, we're flying by the seat of our pants. Uh, I just got back from Knoxville to see my grandparents for a little Thanksgiving get together with family. Left my computer there. Luckily, my parents are still there, so they're going to bring it back to me. It's not a big deal long term. But today, for today's show, it's afternoon show, I'm flying on an iPad, and uh, apparently the Internet's also not cooperating, and I don't have a green screen. So this is what is behind me typically in my home home studio, knickknacks and things and maps and stuff. This is in my home office. Um, but, yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in with us. It's a holiday week. We, we had every excuse in, in the book to not do three shows. And we're, you know what? We're grinding it out. We're pushing through adversity to get our three shows in, and here we are talking Titans and Panthers ahead of a big game on Sunday. Kind of an abbreviated show today. We'll go through some key points in this game, talk about the injury report, talk about the Best Bet Gauntlet Thanksgiving special, which has now come to a close, a successful outing for the show. Then we'll get into some Best Bet Gauntlet picks, an abbreviated Best Bet Gauntlet for the actual Sunday slate. We've got 12 more games in Week 12 to get to. And JT and I will be picking our three favorites each, uh, kind of cutting that down because we've already made a bunch of picks in the Thanksgiving slate. We didn't want to pick 10 of the 12 games. It's a whole thing. So we'll pick three this week. But the best bet gauntlet rolls on. Rest assured, we'll be betting this Sunday slate. All of that coming up in just a second. But got to shout out our wonderful and amazing sponsors over at Boom Boss Craft Pizza and Tap House. JT, guess where we're going to be back this Thursday in Spring Hill. That's right. I'm excited to be back there. Sorry, I was taking a sip of water. I wasn't expecting you to throw it over to me. But yes, we'll be back at Spring Hill this week for a what should be a good Thursday night game here um, against the, the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks as Easton struggles once again. But you know what? It's fine. Ah! You know, a lot the people have been the people have been waiting for this moment. They've been waiting for producer JT to rise up and take over <laughs> take over the duties here. But yeah, we'll be back at Boombaz this week for what outside of uh, the Baltimore Cincinnati game is probably the best Thursday night football slate. I know um, should be a good one with uh, how the Cowboys played this weekend. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm, I'm excited to be there as Easton, you are changing 
Uh, I, can you here. see me again? Am I back? Yeah, I'm moving yes. closer to my router. We're, we're doing whatever we possibly can to make this work. Um, can, can you can you read me now? I'm, I'm yeah, I can read you. And you know what? Just because you're you're having, how about we'll, we'll go we'll go on the fly here. We'll, let's get into this Panthers Titans game here because okay. obviously this is one that is pretty interesting. Obviously, the Titans for what seems like the first time in 40 days and 40 nights finally gets a home game again. <laughs> um, it's it's one of the seven home games that they will have for throughout the rest of the season. So when you think about it, it it, it is favoring them down the stre- stretch here, I believe. As as we've noted, the Titans awful on the road this season, but at home they've looked like an entirely different team, and uh, that that could that could be the same here um, this week. Let's get into some of the stats and notes before we talk about key matchups in this game and uh, talking about the Titans, just how night and day they've been. Let's talk about the scoring for them. Obviously, this Titans team has been more efficient and able to score more points at home this season. The Titans have now gone 29 straight games without scoring 30 or more points. It's the longest active streak in the NFL, and it's the longest streak in franchise history for this Tennessee team. It's going to be a big narrative this weekend after after putting up two performances where outside of some trick plays late in the game uh, against the Jaguars last week, they really have not put together a good drive that has resulted in a touchdown in over two weeks now. Um, and now they come home and play a Carolina team that is severely banged up. Your thoughts on, on the Titans being able to to get the ball rolling this week? Yeah, so you can hear me now. We're good. I don't want to I don't want to go. OK, great. Uh, sorry about that, guys. I'm doing the best I can here. I'm a professional. We're, we're, we're making it work however we can. This this is a fascinating game for me because of, on the top, what you said, right? The fact that the Titans have been so night and day at home and away this year. Does that weird voodoo show up here again? Do, I mean, like you, you look at their home games this year, of which I, I have to remind folks, they've only had three. They've played 10 games. They've played at home three times. It's going to be a lot of football from the Titans in Nissan Stadium for the remainder of the season. That's the good news. If, and only if, this home game advantage, home game superpower situation is a thing for them, I don't really know what it means, to be honest with you. And I've been wrestling with this all year as we get more and more data points pointing towards this idea that away, this Titans team is soft. They're weak. They're, they're going to make mistakes and kill themselves and shoot themselves in the foot. At home, things work, things click. They feed off of the energy of the crowd. They feed off the comfortability of being at home, being being uh, you know able to to work at their home facility and not have to travel and stay in a hotel and all these things. Like there's a lot of variables variables involved in that travel schedule, and in why a home field advantage means so much to a team. And this Titans team is, I would argue, the the biggest home and away, um, like the, the most Jekyll and Hyde team home and away this year. I, I think that's going to continue. I think playing a team like Carolina absolutely is going to aid in that continuing because this is definitely the easiest game, not just left on their schedule, but I think on their schedule period this year. So if there was ever a get right game for Tennessee, this is it, right? Like this is where they should have a game where they can allow Will Levis to operate in the pocket. And that's kind of where I want to take the conversation, JT, as I'm thinking back to the Titans games this season at home, trying to figure out specifically what went well for them, how they were able to find success. The most recent example, Will Levis's debut against Atlanta in the Oilers game, the number one thing that worked well for him in that game and allowed him, I think, to have the phenomenal debut that he did. And then in the next two games on the road on Thursday night in Pittsburgh, and then 
the next three games, actually, on the road in Florida against Tampa and then Jacksonville. Those three games, the difference between those three road losses and the home win is how much time and space he had to operate in the pocket. Think back to that Atlanta game. That Atlanta defense, albeit a fine one, a pretty league average one, their weakness is they don't get any pressure on the quarterback. Their front is bad. And and I forget who who did they they lost a player in that game. They lost well. Grady Jarrett, who right, uh, went out right. of that game in the early first quarter with an Achilles injury, I believe, either ACL or Achilles, one of one of the two. Right. So that's the kind of thing where that that was a perfect storm in that game for Will Levis and this bad Titans offensive line to put some things together and allow him to take shots down the field, of which he took and completed many. We saw last week that downfield ability and proclivity and desire from the coaching staff, the guys calling the plays, it still exists. They're just struggling to get it. We saw him on play action on the first play of one of those drives in the second quarter last, or second half last week when they're trying to get back in the game. Play action, deep shot to NWI, just out of reach, but a better receiver makes that catch, right? The first touchdown of the game. Deep ball to DeAndre Hopkins. I think also a play action look. Those are the things that if you can give the quarterback time, if you can give the receivers time to get downfield, let a play develop, create some separation, get to more than just your first read as a quarterback, you're going to get those looks. And against this Panthers team that has some guys up front and Brian Burns and company who are, I think, on the whole, probably a better group than Atlanta, but it's kind of picking nits. This is a good situation for this Tennessee Titans passing offense, quarterback, offensive line. Like, that's the way that they're going to have to succeed on offense. And I kind of expect them to, JT. Is that wishful thinking? It it, it certainly can be considered wishful thinking, but also <laughs> it, it's like you said, it's not a group that is an end all be all just world beater uh, front seven for the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, if that were the case, there wouldn't be so many points being scored against the Carolina Panthers this this season. Right. Um, but like you said, what where I do think it may get into some wishful thinking is is with the situation at left tackle. And it was reported earlier today by uh, when Mike Vrabel said that Jalen Duncan will be getting the start at left tackle for the Titans um, this weekend. And where I think it is wishful thinking is in this scenario where with Jalen Duncan starting at left tackle, it'll be the eighth different starting combination of offensive line in 11 games this season. And I think that's just where, you know, could they put it together? Maybe, but also are they going to have some hiccups? Because for the eighth time this season, this is an entirely different look for this Titans team. Obviously it's very important for an offensive line. If they want anything to go right is that they have to be on the same page and you got to be with your guys and kind of get that chemistry. The Titans, whether uh, for for the lack of trying, um, they have not been able to do that because of the injuries. There, there's just been no ability to get uh, on the same page, get that chemistry, and that's where we see them shoot their, themselves in the foot time after time with the penalties and, and not being able to execute on third down because they're instantly getting beat, um, and Will Levis has yep. no time. So th th that'll be interesting for sure to see. And then on the while we're on the offensive line topic, let's sure. just talk about this Carolina uh, side. And like you were saying, it, it could be a, a, a time for the Titans offensive line to figure things out. It also could be time for the Titans defense defensive line front seven, a thousand percent. Yes. To get something going. So um, obviously Austin uh, 
Corbett, Corbett. the the, uh, Panthers guard, is now joining Brady Christensen on IR. The Panthers will be without both of their starting guards for this team. Already a unit that wasn't very effective for protecting Bryce Young and getting run game going. But now they lose another cornerstone of that front uh, five there for the uh, offensive line. So this could be a spot here where Jeffrey Simmons and company finally, after hearing so many weeks in a row, we have to do better. We have to do better. Even Jeffrey Simmons last week said, I'm tired. I I'm tired of saying we have to do better. We just right. need to do it. This could be the time for them to do better. That, that's why, like I said, it, it's a get right game for this team in every element, uh, in every sense of the term. Th- this is a, it's a turning point for this team in the sense that, if they're going to show any fight, any life down the stretch, it has to start here, I feel like, right? Like, it's not getting any easier from here. They've got a, you know, not the hardest schedule in the world down the stretch, but this is the easiest point on 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 the, the schedule, and they need to fix some things, especially elements of their team like that defensive front, like the pass rush, that's supposed to be a hallmark, supposed to be a cornerstone of the way that they play. That's got to show up. I want to go back to the offensive side real quick because I'm glad you brought up that statistic about how often the Titans' offensive line five, the starting group, has shifted around and shuffled week after week this season. Like you said, eight times in 10 games, they've had a different five starting out there. You want to talk about a great way to have a bad team? It's to have a bad offensive line. And you want to talk about a great way to have a bad offensive line? It's by having really bad players. And you want to know a great way to have bad players on an offensive line not work even a little bit? It's by constantly changing them and giving them no opportunity to develop chemistry, no opportunity at continuity. Now, that's not to say that they should have or should now just stick with their five guys forever. Like Jalen Duncan coming in to start at left tackle this week is a very, very good development. And all of the Vrabel haters out there that talk about how He likes to pound his head into the wall over and over and change nothing and just try the same thing over and over, defining insanity. They're pounding their head over the fact that, shockingly, given the opportunity to start Andre Dillard back at left tackle this week, he's doing what we've been saying. Find stuff out. Try stuff. Do stuff different and see what you've got in your assets. That's where this team is at this season. It's where they need to be investing their time and energy, and they're doing that with Jalen Duncan. So a round of applause for them in doing that maybe it crashes and burns maybe maybe Dennis Daly I mean we saw today the grass is not always greener like everyone's saying Zach Wilson anybody with Zach Wilson literally anybody anybody okay Tim Will goes in and you realize nope it it actually it actually can get worse right there's a chance that Jalen Duncan a very raw prospect project prospect goes in there as a rookie And by the third drive, they're pulling him out. Like he's just, he's untenable. It's possible. I'm not saying I think that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. And you've got Dennis Daly back, not Dennis Daly, excuse me, Andre Dillard back in there. If that's the case, fine, great. You found out, like you're not trying to succeed. I mean, you are, but the the number one priority is finding out what you have. Number two is succeeding, right? And so in letting him play, yes, it changes the offensive line. And yes, they need to try to find some amount of continuity with their fives so that they can develop chemistry and get some reps in and stack games, stack games. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do what they're doing. And I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah, I agree with you. And Michael Martz in the YouTube chat chimes in with a question saying, if the Titans win in dominating fashion, what is the narrative that come out that comes out of this game that will shape the rest of the season? I know I exactly that's what an, it is. I know a exactly. very interesting question. 
No, it's a great question. I think, I, I mean, if they win in dominating fashion, it's going to be from some, some Titans fans who are like bitter clingers at this point, Titans going to make a run. And yes, it's possible. They could win out and be 10 and seven and get in the playoffs. But like, I don't think anybody's expecting that. Let's cross that bridge if and when we get there, right? Okay, let's pump the brakes. What the narrative should be and what I think I'm going to be pushing, barring some strange circumstance under which they win, it's going to be, hey, Will Levis liking the growth that we're seeing. Hey, this Titans team showed some really nice things at home. And the overarching thought is going to be, this is the kind of progress you need to see down the stretch for a team that is gearing up for a run in 2024 and 2025. If you've got your franchise quarterback in Will Levis, if you if you know what you have in your young assets, and you have a gajillion dollars to spend in free agency, and a high draft pick, which the Titans are likely to have, it's a recipe for building momentum to end this season, finishing with a meh record, but figure it like learning to win winning's a skill you got to figure out how to win some of these young players on this team have not done a lot of winning since they've been here it's time to learn how to win time to learn how to close and time to build some momentum going into a big year that's what the narrative's going to be and it's going to be like we've had really after the discussion we've had after every single titans win this year so far jt it's going to be great they looked awesome can they do it again like in a row because they've not right they've not done it can they do it again? Again, uh, who do they play the following week? It's also a home game, I believe. Um, I, I forget. I, I believe it's maybe the Texans. I think. I think, or, I think it's one of the Texans games, uh, or or the Colts, maybe. It might be. I think it's a divisional game. It's a divisional uh, game. It's at home, right? So, like that's yes. that's what needs to. You got. They'll be playing on. the Colts next week on right, the so Colts 3rd. at home. So exactly, like you've got a back-to-back home game stretch for the first time all year. If the home game voodoo is a thing, then you better like keep that switch flipped on. Keep it up. Can you do it twice in a row? Can you build on what you've done? That's what I think it's going to be. Yeah, and, and let's talk about now, if that is the narrative, let's first of all talk about the ways that the Titans could actually win this game. What, what are some of the keys to success here? And I think one of the biggest ones, and it's probably a key to success for any football game in the National Football League, eliminate the mistakes, eliminate the turnovers here. Um, you're playing a team in the Panthers who – They've played 10 games this year. They're one and nine. But in those 10 games, an opposing player has won player of a player of the week award in half of those games. And if you look at the players who won in those games, you have three defensive backs, uh, defensive secondary backs in Falcons safety, Jesse Bates, Colts cornerback, Kenny Moore and Cowboys cornerback, Daron Bland. Um, so that could be a, a way that the Titans look to eliminate those by making and forcing Bryce Young to make some mistakes. And then the Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker and the Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert, both uh, won player of the week when they played the Carolina Panthers. So could it be a get right, right game um, where this Titans offense leans on Derrick Henry and kind of pushes could. the pushes the narrative once again that if Derrick Henry gets 20 touches, they win. And, and we we continue that narrative this week. I no. I, I sure hope I, never not. Never mind. I but, forgot you I forgot about that. You've reminded me now, and now I'm hoping it doesn't happen. Like we got it, we gotta quash that. We gotta stop. Um, stop the So it, it's it's interesting because that's where I think it's big. It's you're going with obviously two rookie quarterbacks in this matchup. One who in his first uh, four ish games, I believe that he's played in Will Levis has looked up and down, but pretty consistent, not making a lot of egregious errors in these games. And he really hasn't had the chance to, to show us making those errors because he really doesn't have any time at all to throw the ball whatsoever in these past couple of games against some pretty decent uh, defensive line and pass rushing groups. 
Um, and and you're, you're going up against a quarterback in Bryce Young, who has not looked to be that number one overall pick that many thought he could be. And clearly the Panthers ownership thought he could be. And so you would expect in this game, if you want to win, you have to win the turnover battle and you have to have Bryce Young make some mistakes. And that's where the secondary group led by Roger McCreary and a, a, a who needs a bounce back game as well. And Christian sure. Fulton, who has quietly put together some solid weeks. If there was a week for them to get it right and get on the same page, it would be this week. No, I completely agree. And and you, you bring up yet another instance of a chance for this team to get right. This Panthers team turns the ball over a decent amount. This Titans team not been able to produce turnovers much. Like I think they're still last I checked bottom of the league. I don't know if that's still they're, they're near the bottom at the very least. Um, they're not giving the ball away a ton, which is good, but you need to get the ball taken away by the defense, and they've not really done that. This is an opportunity for them to get right in that regard as well. Um, I agree with everything you said. I really I have no notes on, on what the keys to this game are for the Titans. I think allowing Will Levis time to operate in the pocket, get the ball to his receivers, leaning on the run game if, 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 and, and I talked about this earlier in the week and, and watching last week's Titans game, this, this Titans offensive line, for all of the spotlight on how bad they are in pass protection, they also are physically incapable, it seems, of resetting the line of scrimmage in the run game. Like this Titans team for years was able to reset the line of scrimmage two, three yards downfield on a semi-regular basis when run blocking, allowing their running backs three, four, five steps to hit the hole and reach contact. Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears, I believe it's 2.4 and 2.6 yards on average this season before uh, reaching uh, any form of resistance and in, in contact that that's not really tenable. If this Titans team is going to run the ball this week, they need to figure out how to reset that line of scrimmage. And I don't, I simply don't know if I have any faith in them to do that, but if they can against this Carolina team, it's time, it's time, like, even if it's not sustainable against better teams, you gotta, you gotta get reps for some of these young guys that are going to be the future of this team to build on, to be, like get some confidence, get some juices flowing Give them some buy-in. Stop the bleeding is really the theme here. And so I think that's ultimately what's going to be. Um, JT, any more thoughts on this game before we talk about the injury report? Yeah, I have one more thought here. And okay. I think it's it's important to know that where this Carolina Panthers team has shined is early in games. And one of the keys here is to not let Bryce Young and this Panthers team get out to a hot start. In their 10 games this season, the Panthers are 8-2 and two against the first quarter spread this season, meaning that they're keeping up with these teams. They're playing they're, they're playing good defense, not allowing these uh, their opponents to score a lot. And then also on the same page, they their offense is doing enough to keep them in games. So y- y- if, if you are the Titans this weekend, you have to get... Get Will Levis going and you have to uh, be able to to kind of win the the um, the the battle the, this entire marathon of a game this week the attrition war of attrition there it this is this week um, that was the word I was looking for um, if you want to win you have to make sure that you stay pace with the Panthers to begin this game because they're a team that gets that starts the game red hot and then kind of falters out towards the end. The Panthers have only scored more than 20 points this season, three times out of their 10 games. So it's, it's not a lot to say that like the Titans defense, even if they do not have a get right game, if the, the Titans can merely just score at least 21 points, there is a more than likely chance that they win this game. <laughs> I agree. I, I completely agree. Look, I'm proud of you, man. Look, I'm out here just making stuff up, flying by the seat of my pants, no setup, poor prep. You're carrying the show with substantive thoughts. Good stuff. Look, like this is this is what good teamwork is right here. When one guy stumbles, you pick him up. 
Um, appreciate JT carrying the, the conversation there as I struggled a little bit. Let's get into the injury report, JT. A lengthy one in terms of names this week, but the Titans relatively healthy. Yeah, Titans are healthy. We can talk about the few of them that are already uh, ruled out. Chris Hubbard will not play this week. Uh, he will be out with that. And it bicep sounds like he's injury. done for the year, I believe. Yes, but yes, we'll, we'll find he, out, I saw that I as well. He. Jordan Schultz, I believe, reported that earlier this week that he is done for the season. So that's a major blow for for a guy who has really been one of the best on on this offensive line. The eleven year old, the eleven year NFL veteran is the guy that is making things work this season. If who you if, bought for pennies at the at the last exactly in the summer, yeah, um, it, it, it's tough for him. But he it looks like he uh, wants to continue playing after this injury. So maybe an interesting depth piece to, to look really at nice in the offseason. Really nice guy, really smart guy. I've enjoyed getting to talk to him this season, and I I, I hope that he continues to find success. Good guy. Uh, and then the only other player that has already been deemed out this week is wide receiver Traylon Burks, who is now missing his third straight game with with that concussion injury. I, I want to talk about this one. Obviously, it, it's there, there's a couple narratives with Traylon Burks within this one. One is that is it even currently with this team? It, and, and clearly, if he's out three consecutive games, it, it was a significant enough concussion to say that this is the second time in as many years in two years that he has had a concussion of this severity what do you expect the titans will do with him going forward do you think is there any inkling at all to them maybe shutting him down for the season making sure that he's he's good to go in his young career or do you anticipate him coming back anytime soon i do anticipate him coming back relatively soon we heard from some assistant coaches um this week i believe rob moore was the one a wide receiver coach talking about they've done some things like they've made some progress with Traylon Burks. He's, he's gotten some work. He's getting closer. He didn't really elaborate on how close, but he's around the facility. He's smiling. He's participating in the facility out at practice. We don't really, it sounds like very minimal if anything so far, but it sounds like he's trending in the right direction. And that was kind of the first update we've gotten at all as to whether or not and when Traylon Brooks would be returning to action. So, uh, like, next week, maybe. I, I feel like we'll see him at some point in December, maybe sooner than later. Let's talk about the guys who are questionable today for, for the Titans, who we, we don't know if they're going to go yet or not. First of all, linebacker Luke Gif Gifford with a shin injury is questionable. And then Terrell Edmonds, the new safety in the Kevin Byer trade, uh, he is questionable to go with a shoulder injury. Of the two, probably the more significant one is Terrell Edmonds. Yes. Um, your thoughts on him uh, being able to go this week? Yeah, I mean, they, they need him to. They need him to. Um, it, it's just a, it's a depth situation at safety. Like you got, I believe, Mike Brown back on the roster now, if I'm not mistaken, at safety. So that'll be the guy that gets more of a workload um, as that third, that third rotational safety if Edmonds can't go. But um, beyond that, it's really slim pickings. It, it may require a practice squad call up that I'm tweeting out at some point on Saturday. Um, that's 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 a that's a situation where you need the guys that you have to be healthy, or else you're going to be. Um, 
you're gonna you're gonna be it, it's gonna be tough for them. Yes, um, as Easton's once again freezes. I think one of the big additions though for the Titans uh, this weekend is the addition back of Sean Murphy Bunting to the roster. He uh, was a full participation three times this weekend this week already with that dealing with that thumb injury. He is good to go. That is much needed help for them in the secondary. I know he was still wearing uh, I think sort of a brace or something on that thumb this week at practice. However. He's off the injury report, good to go. So that is much needed help for this Titan yeah. secondary. Yeah, I'm sorry. I disappeared again. Um, I don't know how much you heard about Terrell Edmonds that I had to say, but I feel like I got the point across. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we, yeah. It's very slim pickings at the safety position. For sure. That's what I was trying to say. SMB returning is a big deal. And I think we will see him in a club or a brace of some sort out there playing. But um, that's one of those things where one player added back to this rotation getting one of those UDFA corners out of the the recipe for disaster that is this Titan secondary and getting a veteran in SMB back in there who may be a bit rusty, but is a guy who is certainly a cut above anybody who's been replacing him. That can go a long way for a Titan secondary. And again, in a get right spot, this is a great kind of, I'm not trying to too, be too demeaning of what Carolina is going to throw at the Titans, but it's a it's a nice warm up welcome back situation for for Sean Murphy Bunting. So having him back in the mix is a big big deal. I recommended to him, you know, in the locker room last week when we were talking to him, he couldn't play last week. But I said when you do come back, if you do wear a, a club, he needs to wear one of those. You know, in baseball they have the sliding mitts where it's like some of the guys have mitts that seem like it makes their hand like six inches longer. It's like oh, that's yes. crazy how he read. He needs to get one of those. He needs a club that's just like six inches longer than his hand, so he has just monster reach and can bat every ball down that's what i think he should do we'll we see should, if that's the case we, we should do it like in spongebob where spongebob stabs a, a jellyfishing net through his his club <laughs> there we should put a net on sean murphy bunting so that he can just wave it around and catch right, the football right. in the net that would be exactly that's, a, that's an interesting idea that's a good angle. Uh, but uh, but on the carolina panthers side here a couple of big names here first of all hayden hurst will not play in this game due to a concussion obviously a big part of that carolina panthers passing attack um also, a couple other ones here. Um, Jeremy Chin, the safety, also out with a quad injury this week. Uh, big for, for Titans wide receivers to get open. And then on top of that, their star cornerback, J.C. Horn, is also doubtful to play this week with a hamstring injury. Those are going to be big ones. If, if I mean, JC the stars Horn... are just the lining. If Tennessee can't do it this week, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to talk about, man. I don't know. They got it. They don't necessarily have to win, but they have to look competent against this Carolina team. They have to. Yes. They do because they, they, this outside of Brian Burns on the defense, this this Carolina team is going to be missing a lot of players, and that's pretty much it. My thoughts, at least on on the injury report. Do you have any others? No, no, none on the injury report. Can we recap the uh, Thanksgiving best bet gauntlet real quick? Sure. Let's move on to the best bet gauntlet. Let's recap the Thanksgiving slate here. Easton, you had a better day than I did, uh, including today, where let's go. Um, absolutely getting like beaten with a club over over my head on some of these bets man um, well, i end up going five and six on the best bet gauntlet slate for the thanksgiving but you saved my butt going a nine and two on those obviously well you had only been doing that the roles have been reversed for like two and a half months so for one 48 hour period i decided to return the favor so we're even now right yeah okay that's you how were it carrying now, the show for two months and then i decided to carry it for two days and then we're even and now and now we're, we're going to 
We're going uh, back. I hope we're not. going back. We're, 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 fl- we're flipping back now as we there. move on to the best bet gauntlet abbreviated edition for week 12. Um, right now we're making money still. We're up to 57% when you get 57 percent, baby. 50, 57%, 57%, baby. Um, when you factor in the Thanksgiving bets, Easton, your record, um, for without the bets, but just for week to week here, uh, 27, 27 and one. And then uh, my record, 32, 20, and 3. So I've, those. I've, you have the, the ones where it is added, correct? Yeah, I've got the updated ones. So after the Thanksgiving slate, where we each had 11 bets apiece, um, this is really a testament to how incredible, like, JT's been just kicking butt all season long because I skunked him on the Thanksgiving slate, and he's still beating me. I am at 36, 29, and 1 on the year. JT, you're at 37, 26, and 3 on the year. All told. Through the Thanksgiving landmark on our best betting best bet gauntlets uh, calendar, the show is at 73, 55, and four, a fantastic 57%. Can't complain. We will take that each and every year. We continue to make you guys money and money for ourselves. And we're looking forward to finishing strong because it's a situation where we've only got 12 games this weekend, Sunday and Monday. We're going to agree, and we've already made a bunch of bets. Like we, we don't want, we, we've said on the show before, we're not betting just to bet, okay? We're betting to win. We're going to do an abbreviated best bet gauntlet, like you mentioned. So we're going to do three of our favorite picks, sides, for this 12-game Sunday and Monday slate. We're going to cut off two of those games, but JT, you and I are going to be betting for Week 12 nonetheless. Are we ready to get into that? Do we have any more news? No, we can get right into it here. Right. So for our abbreviated six-pack here that we have, That's our, right. our, our six-pack, our six picks here, I have the first pick this week on the best bet gauntlet for the Sunday edition. And with my first pick, I'm taking the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud as an underdog. I think they're plus one and a half at home. This is the spot to take the Texans, right? This, this team um, I think is still being, I, I see this game basically as a pick em, And in this game, I'm yep. taking the Texans every single time. CJ Stroud this season has not been good as a favorite whatsoever. I believe he's 0-4 against the spread this mm. season. Um, but when he is, um, when he is a favorite, or sorry, a dog. Yeah, when, when he's when he's an underdog, he's go. been absolutely exceptional this season, going five and one in those spots this season. He's a dog once again, and he's at home. This Texans team plays a lot better at home than they do on the road. In the divisional game where I think this Texans team has a lot of better positions than, than the Jaguars do right now. I think they have the better quarterback. I think they have the better defense. And I think they have the better offensive line right now. And, and with that right now, I, I, this is kind of the same argument I had uh, for that Kansas City uh, Eagles team, I think uh, up, up up and down the board right there. Like I thought the, the Chiefs uh, were going to outplay them. They did, and it still doesn't cash. I'm going to go back <laughs> to that handicap and say the better team will win this week, and I think that's the Houston Texans at home. So give me them as a home underdog of one and a half. Betting the process, not the results. I like that. You, If, if you hadn't taken it, I would have, so I'll be betting that as well. For my first pick of the Week 12 Best Bet Gauntlet, I'm going – Once again, back to the well. We bet the Tennessee game at each and every week on this show. This is no exception. I'm taking Tennessee minus three and a half. I'm going to eat that hook, and here's why. It's what we talked about in the preview. This Titans team is different at home. And if that changes, we're going to find out this week, and I might be stepping into it with this pick. But I think that they are simply a better team than this Panthers group. I think that they are in a a more desperate situation than the Panthers are to – get a win to stop the bleeding, to stop the tumbling down the hill of these three losses in a row that they have suffered. And for that reason, I think that they're going to win this game pretty handily. Could be wrong, but this season, again, at home, the Titans are averaging almost 30 points per game. I think that they score 
quite a few points against this Panthers defense. Give me Tennessee minus three and a half. Yep, I, I like that pick here. And with my second pick this week, I'm taking uh, the the known fantasy football terrorist, Arthur Smith. I'm taking him and his Falcons this week. FBI Minus, top 10 uh, most wanted, plus, Arthur I mean, Smith. Plus one right now. Listen, this is the sharp side this week, and I think I agree with them. They're going in uh, facing a Saints team at home. Both of them off of the bye this week. Or no, I believe uh, the, the, the Saints are off the bye, but the Falcons Saints are not. Are. Correct, um, correct. Dennis Allen for their coach is still just not a very good coach against the spread five 13 and two against the spread versus divi- divisional opponents in his career. He's one six and one against the spread versus divisional opponents as the head coach of the saints. So when it comes to divisional games, he plays them close. And I think this Falcons team who's moving back to Desmond Ritter um, plays better at home. And that's where they are this week. Obviously there's a lot going on with Derek Carr in the quarterback situation there. Not my favorite. I think this Falcons defense still is able to eliminate the run game to some extent. Um, So I I think that they're going to try to take away Alvin Kamara. And these two teams always play close. I think this could come down to a field goal uh, or, or, or a very last second um, score here. And and I think it's going to fall in the favor of the Atlanta Falcons as Desmond Ritter takes his rightful place back from hind goat. Um, so I'm going with the Falcons as the underdog this week in another divisional game. Uh, I love it. Uh, with my second pick of the week, 12 best bet gauntlet, I'm going with Buffalo plus three. Now I'm going to be hoping and praying between now and kickoff on Sunday that this gets back to the hook because earlier in the week, it was Buffalo plus three and a half. I was a bozo and didn't lock it in on Twitter as we do with our look ahead lines, closing line value. I bet it myself at three and a half, but I'm still willing to bet it at three here on the show. And here's why. I think the Buffalo, I know the Buffalo is the more desperate team here, right? Buffalo at six and five, clawing, scratching, begging for their playoff lives. Philadelphia, happy, comfortable, nine and one, just beat the Kansas City Chiefs, a letdown spot for them. I think Buffalo is just going to, I think they're, they're both at their best, very evenly matched teams. And I think Buffalo brings their best in the situation because of how desperate they are. I think that Josh Allen has a day against a a Philadelphia defense that can be had uh, if the opportunity presents itself. Maybe he targets Kevin Byard a couple times. We'll see. But I just think Buffalo is the team here. And I think that they, if they lose, it's, it's by no more than a field goal. Maybe they push here and I, and I eat the push. So be it. I think Buffalo plus three is the play. Wait for that hook. Maybe you get the hook before kickoff. Just wait. Maybe it gets back to three and a half, but even at three, I'm still taking it. Give me Buffalo plus three. Yeah, I really like that spot. And with my last pick in the best bet gauntlet for this week, going with the New York Giants plus three and a half. Tommy DeVito? Mostly because who are the New England Patriots who who are are two and eight against the spread this season and three and 14 in their last 17? Who is this New England Patriots team to be favored by more than a field goal against against the, the New Jersey Italian goat himself, Tommy DeVito, with the chicken cutlets and his mama making his mama bed every single day. Mama chicken cutlets and washing Listen, the clothes. Tommy De- I think Tommy bed. DeVito uh, surprised a lot of people uh, last week with his performance at home. Now he's playing a Patriots team who I don't even think they know who the starting quarterback is. It sounds sure doesn't sound like Mac Jones knows who's going to play this week. Um, but they're playing a Patriots team who are 0-3 this season against teams under 500. Bill Belichick has just not been the same coach with this Patriots team, and they're going uh, on the road to the Giants, where I think this Giants team has been playing a lot better recently, and now they have another uh, attempt to absolutely sell on their chances of drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May. I think that (laughs) happens again because, like I said, 
who are the Patriots to be favored by more than a, a field goal on the road against the Giants? I'm taking I'm taking the Giants with that hook. Uh, too easy for me this week. I, I, I even just outside of trends, um, like just to me on paper, this makes sense. No, I dig it. I, I'm absolutely riding with you on that one. A gross quarterback to back, and you got to do it. With my third and final pick of the week 12 best bet, Gauntlet, going to keep it super simple. Give me Baltimore minus three and a half against the LA Chargers. I think that Baltimore is going to get back to their beating down teams very badly ways. I think that this is a situation where if you look at what Baltimore has done the past five weeks, for example, they have played two teams relatively close, Cleveland and Cincinnati. Cincinnati, they pulled away and still beat them by 14 points. And Cleveland, a fluky loss. Every other team that they've played recently, it's not a divisional AFC North voodoo game. They have beaten them down, right? They beat down Detroit. They beat down Seattle. I think this is a spot for them to do it again against a a, a reeling Chargers team that I don't think is going to be fighting for their head coach particularly hard. I think this Baltimore team is hot. I think that they're very, very good and have the ability to run away with this game. I'm willing to eat that hook. Typically, I wouldn't be, but I this just feels like a, a spot where the chalk is the place. Give me Baltimore minus three and a half, and that wraps up our abbreviated Week 12 Best Bet Gauntlets. To recap, JT is taking Houston plus one and a half, Atlanta plus one, and the Giants plus three and a half. I am taking Tennessee minus three and a half, Buffalo plus three, and Baltimore minus three and a half. That is the Best Bet Gauntlet for Week 12. And that is our show. Apologies again to everybody for our janky setup. We'll be back on Sunday evening after the uh, late window of games and after Titans-Panthers has wrapped up here in Nashville, talking everything in reaction to that game back at our regular setups, regular show. It'll be all back to normal with the holidays behind us. Until then, for producer JTM, your host, Easton Freeze, subscribe to the Hot Read Podcast on Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. That's Broadway Sports Media on YouTube. Subscribe there. It's very, it's very helpful to us, and it's free. And follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, all at Hot Read Pod. At Hot Read Pod is the handle on all of those social media accounts. All right, until Sunday, we have been your hosts. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. We'll talk to you later this weekend.